Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Plan Your Wedding podcast. I'm your host, Danny C. from Danny Wedding Planning, and today we're talking pros and cons of a traditional bridal party, along with how and when to recruit your friends to help with the wedding. Welcome, let's dive in. Okay, this is actually perfect timing since I lost my voice at a bachelorette party this weekend. And I'm reflecting on all things bridal party and how best to incorporate people into your wedding. This is one of those topics that is simple on the surface, but inevitably sends people spinning once they start planning. How many bridesmaids do I include? What if I have a complicated relationship with one of my sisters? Do I include the other ones? Do I have to include my fiance's sister on my side? We are going to cover all of this, but first, let's take a step back. Your bridal party is the small group of friends and close family that assist you leading up to the wedding and on the day of. Most traditionally, a group of women, almost like ladies-in-waiting, become the bridesmaids, celebrating with the bride and getting ready with her leading up to the ceremony. The leader, the maid of honor, organizes the bachelorette party, conveys important information to the rest of the bridesmaids, and even sometimes throws a bridal shower and attends special events like bridal dress shopping with the bride. She's the bride's right hand for any and all wedding planning help. Groomsmen are the equivalent boy group for the groom. But as many couples find, more emphasis is often placed on this group being the hype men, but not having the same burden of responsibility as the bridesmaids. The groomsmen attend the bachelor party and often pregame with the groom. They may also be featured in the ceremony standing up on stage, but otherwise, while groomsmen have some financial burden, suit rental, travel to and from the wedding, and bachelor party expenses, It is often a far less emotionally taxing time commitment than the bridesmaids have to give. This is likely because much more time and emphasis is put on the bride's time to primp and congregate in the getting ready area the day of the wedding. Some brides will want all the bridesmaids to coordinate their outfits, get professional hair and makeup done the morning of, and this may result in an early morning call time for the girls. Other brides simply require bridesmaids arrive by a certain time for photos and offer direction for styling, but otherwise let bridesmaids choose their own dresses, jewelry, hair, and makeup. Bridesmaids may also be asked to help in the run-up to the wedding, of which the bride is stereotypically expected to be more hands-on in planning. A do-it-yourself wedding often requires help from anyone who is willing to prepare the details, and many a bridesmaid will have memories of hot gluing hundreds of name card stands, making a 6 a.m. balloon run to Safeway for the day of the wedding, hand-making flower crowns for the flower girls, or even hand-sanding redwood benches for the tables right up to the wedding day. If you are a couple with a DIY wedding, you may find out who your true friends are. Calling on them will likely be crucial in executing your vision unless you have a lot of hired help. So the question I get, do I really need a bridal party? My answer, every couple needs help. Identifying people who are willing to lend a hand, or at the very least, lend a little emotional support for you, is critical. It may be family, friends, co-workers, or hired help. Hopefully a combination of all these things. But weddings have a lot of moving parts. They're a multifaceted event with setup, teardown, and coordination of hundreds of people. You should not do it all on your own. And even with hired help, having a few more people in the loop can trickle key points of information to all of your guests. I can already hear you saying, I'm not having a DIY wedding, so do I need bridesmaids? The examples I gave are insane. Yes, they are. And I've done every single one of them as a bridesmaid. I hope you don't call your bridesmaids to the makeup chair at 6 a.m. I hope they aren't jumping in the back of your truck 
to help it find traction up a wedding driveway so you can unload your tables. But guess what? You might need them. You might need people to show up for you early, stay late, or at the very least put themselves and their personal lives aside for an eight-hour time span to look out for you in your event. And I hope you find a way to give them just a little warning. Now, if you're saying, Danielle, I don't have friends that will jump up and down in the back of my truck to help it not slide off the mountain. I don't have crafty friends with hot glue guns or who who have the time and energy for me. I have a broken family and my friends all have jobs, babies. They don't have jobs. They don't have money. Or you just want to keep things simple. Then you are clocking in right on time to a modern trend that is called, I'm not having a bridal party. In an attempt to simplify or avoid drama or do not appear mean by stack ranking all your friends, most couples are foregoing the conventional bridal party. But don't forget, you still need help. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let your friends dress themselves. They don't need to be up on stage in matching uniforms unless you want them to be. But you do need to identify a support system and find a way to let them know how they can best support you in the run-up to the wedding and on the day of. If you're going to go this route, make it clear to your friends that you have an alternative vision. Instead of saying we're not having a bridal party, lead with the vision that you and your fiancé have come up with. Say things like, We're not having a traditional bridal party, but the day of, there will be special seating for family. I'll let you know what time to arrive for photos, or my vision is to have a calm, private morning, but then we'll all meet up for champagne and photos an hour or two before the ceremony, or my vision is to stand up on stage with just my fiancé and our children, so feel free to wear whatever dress you like, get ready on your own, and find me at the reception so we can dance. And of course, there will be a bachelorette party. Let's plan that together. You know, so just... I'd say instead of just shutting down a bridal party, which really signifies to people like that we're hoping to help you, okay, I'm not kind of welcome into that inner sanctum, let them know that you're still open to their help, but you don't want uh, certain elements of that traditional bridal party. Lead with your vision. I guess my advice to couples is often to create a vision, but then also the communication of that is really important. When to invite your hype party. This episode's timing is an indication of when I advise couples to ask for help from their family and friends, and it's early in the process. If you've enjoyed your engagement, picked a venue, picked a date, and set your guest list, now is the perfect time to ask. Many couples may even ask sooner before these key items are determined because they want some of that help, um, and that's fine too. And maybe you're well down your path of booking your vendors, and you're now thinking, do I want a traditional wedding party overall? That's also fine. So there's flexibility, but I would say, you know, doing some type of nice gesture or giving a thoughtful phone call to your friends, voicing to them, you know, why, why you've come to this decision, why you want to rely on them, saying a couple nice things about them and asking them formally to be a bridesmaids or groomsman is, is really thoughtful and, and kind. And you may even want to mail them a little special card or something like that. I would generally say timing wise, it's easy to ask after you've set the date so that they can be sure that they're available and after you've set the guest list to have a clear picture of everyone who's coming to the event. A few frequently asked questions. How many bridesmaids should I have? Online, you'll see these formulas for equating the number of bridesmaids and groomsmen based on the size of your event, meaning the bigger your guest list, the more bridesmaids you can have. I don't agree. Have as many or as few as you want. My advice is to go for quality over quantity, people who are helpful and care about you, people who are capable of taking on the challenge, and anyone who doesn't fall into that category can be included in your event in different ways. I've been one of seven, eight, and even 12. 
but beware of large armies of bridesmaids and groomsmen. Sometimes a smaller group can be more helpful to you and save time on that extra coordination needed to communicate with such a big number of people. Question number two, do the numbers have to match between groomsmen and bridesmaids on both sides? No, I've actually seen 12 on one side, seven on the other. They do not have to match. Some people really like the the visual symmetry of that. But again, not everybody who's in the bridal party has to stand up on stage with you. Um, In fact, nobody does. And so that is the only reason I think that it becomes like in photos, people are bothered maybe if it's very uneven. I I completely disagree. Photographers are going to be able to interweave people and have, you know, one person can walk two people out of the aisle or whatever it is. So I wouldn't get too hung up on that, especially if it's only a couple numbers different. Can I have three maids of honor? Yes, you can do whatever you like. Throw around titles, make titles up. Just be sure that people themselves are clear as to the expectation that that title entails. So if you're going to call one person one thing, one person another, just let them know, okay, you know, you are taking on that traditional role of planning the bachelorette party, you know, or this and that. Kind of communicate what you're thinking. Another question, do I have to call my maid of honor a matron of honor if she is married? That is the traditional title. So a a woman who is married would be a matron of honor, not a maid of honor, but you don't have to. If you feel like that is matron is kind of like a, an odd title, they don't like it. You can call them a maid of honor. You can call them whatever you want. Do I have to include my fiance's sister or sisters as a bridesmaid? Traditionally, it is a kind gesture to include your fiance's family in the getting ready suite, if there is one. This includes your fiance's mother as well. But you can and should think about what you want in regards to who is around you as you prepare for the ceremony, which can be a really tense time for brides and grooms as they're mentally preparing for their day. A loose rule is to include the sister. If your fiance and the sister have a close relationship, let's say they're less than 10 years apart in age, and your fiance has three or less sisters. If he or she has more than three sisters and you want a smaller wedding party, it might be better to include them in a different way, um, but they don't need to all be bridesmaids. If I was a bridesmaid in someone's wedding, do I have to include them as a bridesmaid in my wedding? Short answer is no, but if it was less than five years ago and you are still close friends, you may still want to thoughtfully include them in a different way. Give them a reading, a little Bible verse at the ceremony, have them still come to the bachelorette party or, you know, there's lots of ways to include people. So I think if you're still close, be thoughtful. They do not necessarily earn a spot. And especially if it's been five plus years, I think, you know, relationships change and everybody understands that. What if I was the maid of honor for someone, but I don't want her to be a bridesmaid? Is that okay? Yes, same idea. Time evolves relationships. You may have grown apart. You may geographically not be in the same place. It's absolutely okay not to include her, but again, be tactful. And if you want her at the wedding, perhaps reach out to her and find another way to include her in that in the day. Do I have to include my fiance's cousins, half-sisters, stepsisters, or other extended family if they are close? I think general rule of thumb, immediate siblings or anyone who grew up with your fiance in that capacity as a sibling are the only ones who really warrant that unearned slot on your side. Unearned means that you don't have a close bond with them, but you recognize that your fiance does. Even with that sibling rule, I'd say this maxes out if there are more than three of those people. And if they are so close with your fiance, but not you, then there could be another way that maybe they stand on your fiance's side despite their gender or be included in other ways. Next question. What if I have no helpful, unselfish friends to call on? 
answer is that you really need to find new friends and stat. But even one helpful, slightly organized friend or coworker can make the difference. Your friends may need a pep talk if you don't trust their ability to help, or you may need to mitigate their involvement and be really clear about your even very limited expectations of them, and then seek to hire outside wedding planning help. Next question. My friends are young and they don't have a lot of money. I feel bad asking them to be in the wedding. My response is that that is very kind and considerate of you, but it is not your place to decide, you know, financially what your friends are capable of. Do your best to mitigate the costs and do not require additional purchases above just being at the wedding. Even, you know, allowing them to get their own dresses may really take the heat off. Otherwise, it is your job to ask and it's their job to either accept or deny the responsibility of being in your wedding. Next question. My friends are helpful but they have babies now. Can I still expect to rely on them? Even good friends with babies and children can and should prioritize your special day. There might need to be some strategizing for breastfeeding mothers, schedules, and some overall grace given to families in their early days, but ultimately it is one eight-hour day. Women with children should do their best to be there for you, and you should do your best to communicate the schedule and expectations ahead of time so that they can make arrangements or let you know what they need. And finally, what are the spouses of the groomsmen supposed to do the day of the wedding? Am I expected to include them on my side? Here's something that almost no couple thinks about, but they should think about this. You have your five carefully chosen bridesmaids, your fiance has his five um, you know, carefully chosen groomsmen, and you've not invited certain people to be bridesmaids to keep it intimate. But your brother has a girlfriend or your best man has a wife. Do they get ready with you? Do they sit at the head of the bridal party table during the reception? My opinion here is that there is no obligation to include spouses or significant others into any pre-ceremony getting ready time with you and vice versa. If you would like to, you can, or else they can have free time in the morning to do their own thing and arrive in time for the ceremony like any other guest. But I will say it is very generous and kind to allow significant others to sit next to each other during the meal at the reception. This isn't always possible if you want your long bridal party table. That can't stretch to host those plus ones, but I would encourage you to try and would especially note that any mothers or fathers should be reunited with their significant others if they need to help with childcare during the dinner. So if your best man, say, you know, is a new father, definitely allow him, I think, to sit with his wife and and in that way would be helpful to their childcare situation. It is also somewhat expected that significant others are invited to the rehearsal dinner. So plan your bridal party with this expectation in mind. While there's a lot of complicated relationships to navigate in a bridal party selection, my overall advice is to be both wise and tactful. Wisdom means understanding that people who you have concerns with might need to be distanced from your inner circle. Being tactful means you still communicate how you want people to be included. This is best done in person and early in the planning process. Point positive. As a raft guide, yes, I was a raft guide, you don't say, don't swim over there, there's a giant waterfall. You say, swim to me, swim to this side, swim quickly, get in the boat. It's the same with crisis management. Tell people what you want, not what you don't want. So for example, it's my vision to have a small getting ready group, then be joined by the larger family for photos. It's my vision to allow people the freedom in the morning to get ready however they want, wearing whatever they want, and then see them at the champagne toast after the ceremony is over. It's my vision to get legally married with just our parents, then party with all our family and friends. 
so I can really enjoy the time with everyone. Have a vision, tell people how they fit into it, but also don't forget to have a few key people looking out for you day of.